Let's play that again. This time, go shake somebody's hand that you don't know or somebody you didn't get an opportunity to shake hands with. And let's just have a little fellowship here this evening. Go ahead, girls. someone you didn't get to. So we're so thankful for everybody to come and be with us tonight. You can be seated. Thank you. So wonderful to be here. So thankful to be here on Good Friday. I'm sure if you've been like me, we've been contemplating starting last Sunday. Okay, what happened Sunday? What happened Monday? What happened Tuesday? What happened Thursday? What happened Friday? What happened Saturday? And what's about to happen Sunday? I've just uh, been looking at a lot of things today, and uh, how many of you know everything you see on Facebook is not always positive? (laughs) Praise the Lord. And I was, you know, I'm kind of like everybody else. I was kind of scrolling today, and and this one guy made a comment, you know, a lot of good things on Good Friday, and this one guy said, what's so good about Friday? And of course, right when he did it, everybody jumped all over that. They started giving him scripture and started giving him this and giving him all that. And, you know, I just started meditating like we do a lot of times when we see something uh, that we're meditating on as serious as this week has been, as well as being this serious every day of the time. But what an opportunity we've had this week. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm thinking, good Friday. 
But really, all the things that did happen, bad, made Friday good. Hallelujah. That's why Friday is good. Amen. We know what he went through. Well, we don't know. We read about what he was going through. All the punishment he took. All the remarks he received. All the rude people that said all the things that they really didn't understand. But I'm so glad that he did. And he took every word. He took every beating. He took every uh, mocking. He took every bad thing that happened to him and made it good. I said he made it good. He made it good for you and I. That's why we can come and celebrate Good Friday. Amen. That's some of the things that's good about Friday. He made all bad things good. Amen. Praise God. Again, it's so good to see everybody. Barbara and I want to welcome you to our Good Friday service. So glad to have Bishop Smith and his wife Cynthia with us tonight. Let's welcome him. Amen, amen, amen. He's going to be coming and bringing the message here a little bit later. But we're just so glad to have him. And we're going to ask the ushers to come. We're going to give you an opportunity to sow into him. Everything that's taken up tonight goes into him. Uh, yeah, just, just sit there and smile. And, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was taught a long time ago uh, to bless people who have sown into you. So I'm so thankful for the short time he's been with us. He has sown a lot in a short into us. So I've always found it to be a good thing when you found something good, be a part of it. So we have an opportunity tonight to take what God has blessed us with our seed. And we want to sow it into Bishop tonight. So everything that's received tonight will go right back to him to bless him and whatever he does. I have no idea. Bishop, do you and Cynthia have an estimate of how many miles you might drive just in a week? <laughs> yeah, so there's hundreds of miles that he, tomorrow he's leaving again. But I appreciate his heart is with the harvest. So we're so thankful that he's here. And, uh, he's doing a tremendous job doing what he can to sow into the pastors as well as to all the sheep that are in the sheepfold of harvest. So we're so glad to be a part of him. We're glad to have him here tonight. So, so blessed. And we're going to, I know we're going to receive a good word tonight. So if you'll bow your heads, we're going to pray over the offering. And again, like I said, everything that comes in tonight. And I encourage you to sow. Well, Pastor, I didn't, I didn't bring anything. Well, bring it Sunday. And then we'll see to it that he, he, he gets it. Because I don't want you to miss out on an opportunity for good ground. Because when you put seed in good ground, it's going to come up. But Father, we thank you tonight. We give you praise and glory. We thank you for our bishop that's here with us tonight. And we're just going to thank you before time for the word that we're going to hear. But most of all, Father, we thank you for the givers that are in the house tonight. Who have come to give, come to be a blessing. Come to know that when that seed is sown, harvest is coming. So Father, I just thank you not only for the seed but for the harvest. And I also thank you, Father, that those are looking for seed that need a seed. You said you would provide seed for the sower. So I thank you, Father. We're sowers here at this church. And we're going to continue to sow and be a blessing in the kingdom of God. And all the believers said, 
Amen and amen. Go ahead, Usher. Serve the people.
familiar. Jordan's going to sing the lead on it. But the chorus says, blood and tears, how can it be? There's a God who weeps. There's a God who bleeds. Oh, praise the one who would reach for me. Hallelujah to the son of suffering. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
I join with the pastor and those that have already been on the stage in welcoming you to Good Friday service. Uh, these are our high holy days. As Christians, we celebrate so many wonderful things right out of the pages of God's holy word. I want to appreciate you tonight. Uh, certainly did not expect or anticipate an offering But uh, just bless you all. I did want you to know that we will sow that into our pastors. Uh, We are so privileged that the Lord has allowed us to spend wonderful time with so many of our pastors across the Heartland America region. I just want to give you a few updates before that I would bring the word this evening. Cynthia and I were privileged to visit our church in Edmond, Oklahoma a few weeks back. And... um, when we shared at the office we were going to visit our church in Edmond, uh, the ladies there said, we still have a church there? And I said, well, I think so. We have a pastor anyway. And they said, well, it was a real small church. And uh, when we got there, this place was so alive with the power of the Lord. And uh, it's a very conservative estimate to say that there were at least 125 people there. I would say it's more like 150 And I I spoke with the pastor, and he said, well, when I was appointed here, he said, we had three people. And uh, this, he's been there 12 years, and uh, he said, we just decided that we were going to touch our community. As long as we were here, as long as we were going to be able, we were going to take the gospel to the streets. And I'm telling you, that church was a representation of that community. They had four different gangs represented that morning. Uh, their testimonies would bring you to tears about what the grace of God can do in a person's life. Their worship was, um, it was just amazing. They, um, uh, again, someone that's so recently freed from addiction and the slavery of sin. You can imagine how exuberant their worship was. And so I'm reporting to you tonight that God is alive and well in Edmond, Oklahoma. And we thank the Lord for Pastor Paul and his wife in serving the Lord there. 
We were also uh, privileged to visit our church in Tulsa, and um, this church also is on the move. They're growing. Uh, They had, um, it seems like everywhere we go, they have these church dinners. I don't know. I'm sure it's not because I look underfed or anything, but... But we had a great time with them. But uh, for me, one of the highlights of the day was when Pastor Harvey shared with me that for years this church had been involved in prison ministry, uh, primarily with the women's prison. But they had also made outreach to a prison just outside of Enid, Oklahoma. And uh, one of the men was converted, uh, was called to preach. And while the the prison will not let them organize a church in prison because of what they would consider gang affiliation, he, uh, Pastor Harvey said every time we meet on, I think it's Wednesdays, one one day of the week, that he has a big banner across the back of where they meet, Church of God of Prophecy. And so he said, while we may not be official, we are there in force in the prison. And he said he has been privileged to witness several, I, I want to say uh, 25 or more conversions this year in the prison ministry. So thank God for that. Our church in Truman, Arkansas is growing. Uh, Pastor Shannon said, I I'm, I'm, don't know that I could put my finger on any one thing except that we've had a faithful group that have been faithful through the years. God has brought us to this point. He's bringing laborers in. Uh, again, the numbers may not be exactly accurate, and I think we're live streaming, so if, this, if Shannon's hearing this and I'm not accurate, he can correct me. He can speak at me like you did. <laughs> but I think he said they took in 14 members last month, and they have uh, four more to take in this month. And So I just wanted to encourage you that Uh, God rewards and honors faithfulness. Stay true to what the Lord has caused you to do because this is his work and it's great to be a part of that. If you have your Bibles, you want to follow with me. We want to take a text tonight from John 316. And the thought for tonight is why call it Good Friday? John 316, most of you probably could quote this. Uh, You've heard it so many times, but what a powerful verse of Scripture that needs to be more than just something that we commit to memory, but need to understand the heart of the gospel, the heart of Jesus Christ, and the heart of this Easter season. John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Cynthia, would you pray for us tonight that we might hear from the Lord? Oh, Lord, we're so grateful for Good Friday, for this season. So, Lord, for your willingness to die for us, your obedience seemed more than fear, your love and compassion seemed so much greater than fear. Lord, we are so grateful. The words thank you are just so simple sounding compared to what you've done with Lord. Thank you. Oh, thank you that you love us enough that you don't want us to stay this way, but you want us to live a holy and a perfect life through forgiveness of you. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you that this is provided for us. So, Lord, tonight we're here. We are here to celebrate you, hear your word, Lord, to grow in you. Oh, Lord, and to give our love to you, you feel our gratefulness and our thankfulness to you. Lord, bless this night, and your perfect will be done in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Why call it Good Friday?
loss of blindness. And I refuse to believe that I can see. One has to accept the light of darkness. Years from now, I can only tell my children not to believe that simple grace trans over our darkness. I was born in sin, and I was conceived in sin. It doesn't matter to God that I live every day of my life in hopelessness. No longer can be said that there is a God who hears the cries of his people. My whole life testifies to one truth. Blindness has robbed me of every good thing. And it is no longer true that God saves those who are crushed in spirit. That I don't know much, but I know one thing for sure. I was born blind with no hope and no future. But then I met Jesus, and he turned everything in my life upside down. born blind with no hope and no future. Now I don't know much, but I know one thing for sure. God saves those who are crushed in spirit. And it is no longer true that blindness has robbed me of every good thing. My whole life testifies to one truth. There is God who hears the cries of me. No longer can be said that I live every day of my life in hopelessness. It doesn't matter to God that I was born in sin and I was conceived in sin. Simple grace triumphs over every darkness. Years from now, I can only tell my children not to believe that one has to accept a life of darkness. I can see. And I refuse to believe that I am lost in blindness. Amen. What a difference a day makes. Why call it Good Friday? I'm going to share three words tonight that I believe are powerful for us. And a three-word sermon, wouldn't that be a first for a preacher? (laughs) If I was just going to uh, preach three words, it might be something like, Thank you, Jesus, or uh, He'll rise again. But I want to explain three words uh, for us tonight about why call it Good Friday. The first word is substitution. Uh, The second word would be absolution, and the third word would be execution. So let me talk a little bit about substitution. You don't have to be a real scholar of the Scriptures to understand that, that the only reason why Jesus was called to the cross was because of your sin and my sin. Uh, the, the substitution element uh, of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ establishes his innocence. We went this week to uh, watch the film, uh, His Only Son, and it's a promise that's in the pages of the Scripture from Genesis to Revelation that God would always have a lamb, that he would substitute a lamb, he would provide a lamb. And so Jesus Christ uh, had to be that lamb. The Scripture testifies all the elements, the criteria that was necessary for the unspotted, unblemished lamb of God to be offered up, that Jesus would meet that criteria. And so again, his substitutionary death, it is established that he was innocent. Even during the trial of Jesus, Pilate washes his hands and says, I am free or I am not guilty. I wash my hands of the blood of this just person you see to it. 
So without a doubt, we can say uh, unequivocally, I can stand on the word of God and tell you today that there wasn't any sin that took Jesus to the cross of his own. There wasn't anything that he did wrong. In fact, he did everything perfectly right. He met all of God's criteria to make the trip to the cross. The second thing that we need to understand about why his death was a substitution was that it establishes our guilt. That we were the guilty ones. Uh, the, the best among us, I, I don't know all of you really well except one of you, and that's Cynthia. And I would, I would say that, she's, that she is the best person I've ever met in my life. And I'm not just saying that because she is my wife. She is a good person. I, I've never known her to do wrong. She is a good person. Uh, she doesn't lie, she doesn't steal, she doesn't cheat, she doesn't do any of the things that we would associate with what we would call bad people. She is a good person. She's good morally, uh, she's good to be around, she's full of joy, she's fun to hang with. But there is a problem with that, and that is that good people don't go to heaven. Only saved people go to heaven. The scripture tells us that our goodness or our righteousness appears like filthy rags in the sight of the Lord. And so in my thinking, I'm thinking that if Cynthia doesn't stand a chance, then where do I fall in that category? And the truth is, is what the book of Romans tells us that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us deserve the punishment that also is shared in the book of Romans that... The wages of sin is death. And so the ones that should have been hanging on the cross, you can go ahead and put your name in there. As Lisa was sharing about the song, that, that we, as we make this and we personalize this, we really were the ones that deserved to be on the cross. But Good Friday is about substitution. One songwriter said when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. How wonderful, how marvelous today is because he decided to go that distance and that path for you and I. And so again, I could, I could preach at length tonight about all the sins that consume us. Uh, the, the book of John, first John reminds us that don't let anyone say they have no sin. If, if you say that you're a liar and the truth is not in you. There's not a single person here tonight that could stand on their own merits and strike their chest and say, well, I'm, I'm, uh, he didn't need to go to the cross for me. He needed to go for every one of us because we deserve to die in our sins. But oh, thank God. Thanks be to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that he was willing to go to Calvary. He was willing to shed his blood. He met all the criteria of the heavenly father and he substituted himself on the cross for you and I. So Good Friday today, one reason why that it's a good day for you and I is that there was one that was found worthy. One reason today, again, why that it's a good day for our substitute is that there was no way that I could ever save myself. Uh, the, the book of Romans tells us that try as we might, there's nothing that we could ever do that was free us from the bondage and the yoke of sin. We needed a Savior, and I'm so glad he became one. If you have your Bibles with you, I'd like to ask you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians. I want to preach for a little bit about the second word, absolution. In the book of Ephesians, I want to read from the second chapter, verses 13 through 16. 
But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make it himself of twain one new man. So making peace and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Praise the Lord. That's a that's a mouthful of scripture. And what a powerful word. If you want to follow with me now uh, in Colossians chapter two, verses 13 through 15. And I'm speaking about the word absolution. Now, most of you probably, if you have any familiarity with the word absolution, you might be thinking of Catholicism, where somebody would say that you, you've been absolved of your sin. The scripture reminds us again that God alone can forgive sin. And so long before the Catholic Church ever started using this word, the scripture was very clear about who could forgive sin and how that happens and that he really is willing to do that for everyone and anyone that will come to him. Colossians chapter 2, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. One more scripture uh, from First uh, John chapter 2, verse 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, now preachers really love to get these long verses of scripture, that, and we just love to take our little time in expounding those. And so, where I said I was going to give you a three-word sermon, I want to share a little bit more about the word absolution here, and what it means, and why that you can rejoice and shout that today really is Good Friday, because of what Jesus Christ did. So, one of the first words that I want to talk about is the word propitiation. That's a mouthful in itself, and it, it appears a few times in the New Testament, and if you study the Greek uh, word for this, it, it's a literal translation of a word that goes back to the Old Testament, to the tabernacle days. When uh, uh, in, in the Holy of Holies, the room where the presence of God would dwell and come and sit on what was called the mercy seat, uh, right in the in this in the Ark of the Covenant between the cherubims was what was called the Ark of the Covenant. And there was a lid that covered this. And inside, if you've studied your Old Testament scriptures, it contained three artifacts. One was Aaron's rod that budded a golden pot of manna, and the two tablets of stone. And, and so in the, in the Holy of Holies, where a holy God would dwell when he was worshipped correctly, that he would sit on the mercy seat with the lid closed down, and this, the top of this mercy seat was called the lid of covering. And this word propitiation, that's exactly this word. It's the lid of covering. If you have a Greek dictionary and you're looking that word up in the New Testament, you'll see the very definition of that is lid of covering. So what is the scripture saying about why this is Good Friday? Why that our sins can be evolved, uh, absolved? The lid of covering in the, in the Holy of Holies, it covered everything that God found offensive. 
It was hid from his sight. So here where he could be worshipped, between the two cherubims, and the presence of God would come and fill this place, it could only happen because what offended God was covered by the lid of covering. Why these artifacts were uh, were uh, offensive to God was because they represented the rebellion of people. Aaron's rod, the, the manna, because they murmured, the tablets of stone that Moses had to break because of the sin in the camp. All of this would offend a holy God, but it was hid from his sight by the lid of covering. Well, praise the Lord. If, if I was a runner and shouter, I'd be doing that right now because here's what the Bible is saying is that everything in your sinful life, even though you're a good person, remember, good people don't go to heaven. Only saved people go to heaven. So in spite of all of your goodness, again, your goodness still appears as filthy rags in the sight of the Lord. But oh, thank God that Jesus has become our lid of covering. And all that would offend God, he looks over that because instead of seeing the ugliness of our sin, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary. So today is a good day. It's a good day to rejoice because Jesus is the propitiation of your sins. He continues to cover. In fact, you can't do enough sin that his grace can't cover that. I love what the scripture says that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Now, I'm not saying keep on sinning, but I'm saying he's got it covered and he's got you covered. If you'll come to the presence of the Lord, you can worship in his holy sight because his blood covers a multitude of sin. Well, praise the Lord. Another word that I want to share about absolution is the handwriting of ordinances. There's In the Greek, this is one word, and I, I wouldn't pronounce it right even if I said it. I, I don't know Greek. I just have a Greek dictionary. But it's the word from where we get our word autograph. It's something like chirographron or something like that. But it simply means something that you write in your own handwriting. And so when the book of Colossians says that he's blotted out the handwriting of ordinances against us, what he's saying is that you know what kind of person you are. You, you might have a different face and you might show something else in public, but you know the handwriting. And so it's like that you made your own autographed list of IOUs to God, of all the things you ever done wrong. And what the scripture testifies is that he blots out everything that you'll ever write against yourself because his grace covers you. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, today's a good day. It really is Good Friday that we are absolved of sin because of the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord that he shed his blood. In this same verse where he says uh, that he had blot out the handwriting of ordinances, the word blotting out here, you have to remember that they, they didn't live in a day when they had pencils and tablets and erasers. They, they wrote on parchment. And they wrote with an inkwell, and when the ink was there, it was almost like a permanent record. And what they would have to use is something like muriatic acid that would literally lift the ink right off the pages. And so it appeared as a brand new paper like it had never happened. How wonderful, how marvelous, how great the goodness of the Lord that everything that was ever written about your sinful life, that by one amazing act of the Lord, he lifts that right off. It's as though... You never sinned. Praise the Lord. Absolved. 
Totally free, totally forgiven, debt-free in the presence of God. I'm telling you, we have cause to lift our hands. We have cause to rejoice because he's done great things and he continues to do that. It's another powerful word when we're speaking about absolution. And it's the word reconciliation, where he reconciled one, two into one body. The word reconcile, it, it, it just because R-E means that doing it again. And so it refers all the way back to relationship in the Garden of Eden before sin ever existed and how God walked with man in the cool of the day in the garden and how much the Lord longs for that fellowship again. And so when he says that he has reconciled us back into Christ, it means to bring the two parties back together. So how marvelous. Boy, I'm telling you, that was the song for me tonight, Lisa. How wonderful again that we that were aliens and apart from the Lord and had no way to rectify the situation, that Jesus would substitute himself on the cross where you deserve to be and I deserve to be, and he would reconcile us back into peace with God. The scripture says he broke down the wall that existed between us and he made peace by one simple act and we can come into the presence of God. One writer says now boldly with full confidence, with full assurance. Great words tonight. Great words. Absolution. There's another powerful word. It wasn't shared in, uh, in, this, in, in the scriptures here, but it's the word atonement. Actually, you don't find the word atonement. It, it's a word that was coined after as the, as the Testaments was being written. But the word at, atonement means at one with him. And so, again, where we used to be two going our separate ways, we have now been reconciled and we're at one. That's what the word justification means, Just. As if I had not sinned, I am now at one with God. We walk in communion. We walk in harmony. I feel his presence. I feel his joy. And today's a good day because I have been absolved of sin and I am free in the sight of the Lord. And those that the Lord sets free are free indeed. Praise the Lord. Another word about absolution here in this text is that where it says that that he would he would nail it to his cross, having nailed it to his cross. Now, you can you can study this yourself when you get home. But again, if you have those Bible helps and you study for Sunday school or for sermons, you run across these little tidbits every now and then. When when it's when the writer said here that he nailed it to his cross, it was a throwback to their day that they lived under Roman conquest. And it seemed like almost every time you turned around, Rome was making a new new law. And every time they would make a new law, they would nail it up so everybody could see that. And so when when the scripture says that he's nailed it to his cross, there's a new law in town. There's a new sheriff in town and he nailed it openly so everybody can see it. My sins are forgiven. And I am free because Jesus Christ died for me. He made a, it says he made an open show of them, triumphing over them openly. The, the, the last word that I'm going to share about absolve or absolution is where it says that he, would, that he was spoiling principalities. Again, they would understand this living under Roman conquest. 
Anytime Rome would conquer a new country, a new empire, they would parade the victims through town. They would be at the end of the procession. The generals would lead the way. There would be rejoicing. And at the end of the procession, in chains, would come the spoiled principalities. And so when Jesus made his way out of the grave, which would come on Good Sunday, but he would be spoiling those principalities. And so the writer is saying, I'm telling you, he's nailed it to his cross, and he has spoiled principalities, and there is no power of the darkness over you, you have been absolved of sin. Praise God. So the first word in my three-word sermon tonight, again, is substitution. And again, I could get very emotional about this when I, when I think of how far I was from God and how hopeless, hopelessly lost that I was and how wonderful and marvelous it was that, that he would as the writer said, that he would commend his love towards me while I was yet in sin. That, that still staggers my thinking, but he substituted for me. I think about the word absolution and how that, again, though my sin debt was great, how wonderful, how marvelous it was that he would wipe the slate clean and say, Gary Smith is free, no sin. How wonderful that when God looks at me, that he doesn't see my sinful, horrible, wicked past. But there is a lid of covering over me. The grace of God. I am covered. I am covered. I am covered. I am covered tonight with his grace. His lid of covering covers me. The last word that I want to share with you tonight is the word execution. If you have your Bibles want to follow with me. Uh, Brother Harold will have it on the screen. I want to read from Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And also Hebrews chapter 9, verses 15 through 17. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death... For the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. And so a a will is a declaration of how a person's wealth is to be distributed. And uh, we, we, know, uh, we know this as, as, as the Bible. It's divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament, or the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The word testament really means what we would equate to the last will and testament of a person. And so in the book of Hebrews, this, this great writer... Uh, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, writes in a language that we understand that that for a will to be in force, uh, some things take place. For it to be a legal will, first off, uh, that it, it names an executor. Uh, when you ha- if you go to a, a lawyer and you draw up a will, a last will and testament, normally they're going to ask you for an executor of your will. 
And so here in this case, it's kind of a strange thing that the person that dies is also is not only the 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 testator, but he's also the executor. And that is only because he comes back from the grave. He doesn't stay dead. And so normally when a person dies, they begin to bequeath this. And so a will also names who the heirs are. Another thing that happens when, when you have a legal will is that it also names the exclusions or those that are excluded from the last will and testament. If you, if you read this book, you'll, you'll find out who the heirs are. The heirs of the Lord are the ones that have, that have participated in the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. Who elected that I will, I will accept the death of Jesus Christ in my stead. And so, if you're willing to do that tonight, and you come under the lid of covering that your sin is absolved, you are an heir of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, just as clear as it is in the Bible about who the heirs are, it is also clear who is excluded from that. And it is those who simply do not accept and receive the Son, Jesus Christ. As I said, good people don't go to heaven. Only saved people go to heaven. So, uh, again, the, the, exec, the uh, executor of the will, uh, a will is in effect, again, I'm not sharing with you things that are going to blow your mind about this. You've probably experienced death in your families enough to know this, that the will is never in effect until there is a death. And so that's why Good Friday is good, because it had to happen. In fact, Jesus uses the word, is it is expedient for you that I go away. Now, and he follows that because if I go away, the comforter's not going to come. But the reason why it's expedient is because it had to be for the will of God to be in force and come into play in your life. It had to take place. And so this kind of, for me... Uh, who uh, thinks in the natural probably way too much is that, okay, all of that, then what is our inheritance? Well, our inheritance is, is an eternal inheritance. In fact, one person said, we get it all. Uh, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So you name it and you can claim it because it belongs to the Lord. And he said, it's all yours. So take it and run with it. So that's three words. I'm going to throw in one more word for good measure tonight. And so I'm going to throw in the word meanwhile. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14. So again, if you follow the three words, I preach tonight about substitution. Why Good Friday is Good Friday is because of substitution. Someone was willing to die in your place. I, I shared the word about absolution. That he absolved your sin by one amazing act of grace. He covered everything evil and rotten horrible about you. And uh, he, he saves the worst among us. And I share the word about execution, that he's become the executor of his last will and testament. And we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. So meanwhile, in whom you've also trusted after that, you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And whom also after that you have believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Is there another part to that? Yes, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. So here's what I threw that why I threw that word in there meanwhile. So because our inheritance is eternal, in the meanwhile, 
We, we, we just might as well live on the interest. That's what, if you look up this word earnest in the New Testament, it's like a down payment or deposit. It's a binding amount that says the rest is going to be paid in full. If you go to purchase a home, they're going to, they're going to want, I don't know, are they asking for 20% down now? And that's called your earnest money. And so what the scripture is saying is that until we get our eternal reward, that we have received the earnest of our inheritance, which is his Holy Spirit. So the Lord said, I'm telling you, it's expedient that I go away because I, if I don't go away, the comforter's not going to come and you're not going to have any interest income and how are you going to get by? But all because he did go away, the comforter has come and we can live on the interest. And I'm telling you, we don't only live, but we live abundantly. Praise God. Hallelujah. Good Friday. Well, I'm I'm a, I'm uh, I'm coming to a close. I don't have a fifth word, so I guess that's about the end of the sermon. But I would like to ask Lisa to come back to the piano and uh, yeah, that song, "How Marvelous, How Wonderful." Again, I'm overwhelmed with joy tonight. And when we think about Good Friday, the it, it's hard not to be in in one sense remorseful about the suffering and the crucifixion the horrible details of that day but that Jesus did that willingly he did that willingly by design by plan because of his great love for you today is a wonderful day uh, w- one person said that that maybe it wasn't originally good friday it may have been called god friday and so it's a change of those words Another one said maybe it was Holy Friday, and in the translation it was somehow changed and, you know, from holy to good. But whatever the reason, today's a great day to celebrate the death of Jesus Christ because it's done so much for us. It's placed us, it's placed us in his roll call, and we are part of the family of God. I don't ever want to be in a church service and preach a sermon without giving you an opportunity to seek the Lord. Uh, I, I, I don't know most of you here, your familiar story, but if you're here in the house of the Lord tonight and you need Him, what a Savior He is. And oftentimes we allow the enemy to beat us up and to bring up all the old junk of our sin, of our sinful past. But I just want to say again that that can be covered tonight. That, that chapter of your life can be closed like a book and clever, covered. It can be blotted out. The, the autographed sins of your life and things that you've done wrong. In one simple move of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, He can blot that out as though it never existed in your life. And you, be, you can become a new creature, a new creation in Jesus Christ by simply calling on the name of the Lord. How marvelous, how wonderful He is. Would you bow your heads where you're seated tonight? I'm going to pray for you tonight, and then I'm going to give the service back to your pastor. But I want to share with you that it's not hard to receive Jesus. He's done all the hard work. He's already substituted for you. All you have to do is accept that. And so it's not difficult to have your sins covered. It's not difficult to have them blotted out of your life. We make it much more harder than it is. It's very simple. Just trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Call on him, the scripture says, and he will hear an answer. So that, that certainly can take place in an altar. I, I could ask you to come forward and bow here and we could pray here. It, it could take place any place, but just right where you're seated tonight.
Should you feel the need to call on the Lord, He feels the need to answer you. He has already broken down the middle wall of partition, the wall that divides and separates you from God. This is a simple act of just moving forward in faith in Him. Heavenly Father, thank you so much tonight for your wonderful presence. I have felt you, Lord, from the moment that we entered and how wonderful, Lord, our worship was, our prayer time. How, how blessed this church is, Lord, to have the freedom of your spirit flowing here. And, Lord, for those that are here tonight that, that are in need of your abiding presence and your touch, I just pray right now, Lord, in this, in this moment that we offer to you our everything, Lord, and we receive you. There's nothing too hard for you, Lord, certainly not our life. You're able to take care of us all, Lord. And so I I offer these before you tonight as we are in your presence. That today can be Good Friday for all of us, Lord, as we accept you and receive you and bless you and give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you would receive me. Thank you, Lord, that you would forgive me. Thank you that you would save me, Lord. Thank you that you would include me in your will and that my eternal reward is to be in your presence forever. And, Lord, you have sealed that with the precious presence of your Spirit. I have been sealed unto that day, Lord, by your abiding presence. And I rejoice in the Holy Spirit here tonight. And I pray that for everyone sitting here in the precious name of the Lord. Sister Lisa, would you sing a little bit of that for us here tonight? And just right where you're sitting in the stillness of this evening, if you need anything from the Lord, just call upon him and he will hear and answer. stand with me across the building let's sing this to the Lord let's give it as our testimony tonight how marvelous how wonderful <laughs> 